There's a nursery rhyme that tells us sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the ninth commandment tells us that just isn't true. Listen now as Dr. Brown shares with us how words can be used to destroy our neighbor and build them up. This is Hearing is Believing. Take your Bible and join me in Exodus chapter 20 as we look at the ninth word today, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. And if you grew up attending children's church like I did, then you probably learned a little song in children's church. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Now, that's teaching us something very early on. The reason that we sing such a little song like that is it's teaching us, our children, very early on that what we say matters. God cares about what you say. And the reason that God cares about what you say is because what you say reveals your heart. Jesus said this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. Now listen to this next part. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So you speak out of the treasury of your heart. From your mouth comes the treasury of your heart. And then Jesus says something important. An important part for us to remember in our study of these Ten Commandments, listen to what he says in the next verse. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? God cares about what you say. What you say matters. I love the way that James puts it, and I'm going to read you the message, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. Of James, I think it's chapter 3. Listen to what he says here. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It can never be done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women He made in His image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. 
A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? All of that to say simply, what we say matters. What you say is important to God. And that's why He gave us this word this morning. The ninth word, hear the word of the Lord in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, we're learning something about all of these commandments. We're learning that all of these commandments have a certain rhythm. This list of commandments is, a, is, is like a two-part harmony that reveals that we're created. And as creatures, we honor our Creator by honoring what He values most. In other words, the two-part harmony is that we love God and we love our neighbor. And look at the ninth word. Look at it in the Bible, verse 16. Here in the ninth word, the rhythm of the commandment is right here in front of us. Look at what it says here. Underscore this in your Bible. You shall not bear false witness against who? Your neighbor. Bearing false witness or lying seeks to destroy your neighbor. And so some of you might be asking, you may be saying, well, who is my neighbor? And let me just tell you that if you're asking that question, who is my neighbor, then you're not the first person to ask that. Jesus told a pretty significant story one day. He told a pretty famous story to answer the question. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. I won't tell you the story, but the moral of the story, if I'm just painting in the broadest terms that I know how, the moral of the story is your neighbor is anyone in need. Your neighbor is anyone in need. And so then let me just ask you a question. Do you know anyone in need this morning? Do you know anyone in need? We're all, we're in a world rather, full of great need. Even those who think that they're less needy, they stand in great need. Why is it that Tom Brady, for example, why is it that Tom Brady, he's already won, I don't know how many Super Bowls, I've lost count. Why is it seven? Thank you very much. Why is it that he wants to do another one? Why is that? Because he wants another compliment. He wants another notch on the belt. He wants another sense of somebody giving him a sense of accomplishment. Even the most powerful around us have an entourage that follow them. Or why do you? Why do you post those pictures from your vacation? You don't post it to show everybody what you did. You post it because hopefully you'll get a little like. Hopefully you'll get a little comment. Oh, look at their tans. Isn't that outfit cute? I can't believe they went there. All of these things, we all stand in need. We all want somebody to say something nice about us or to us. And why is that? Listen, we were created to listen. And in that listening, we learn to speak. And when we speak, 
we set the direction of our lives. We were born to listen, and when we listen, we speak. And when we speak, we set the direction of our lives. Isn't that exactly what happened at creation? You remember God? How did He bring all things into being? What did He do? He spoke. And then what happened? He spoke, and everything came to be, and and then Satan tried to undo God's good creation. And how did He do that? Do you remember? He spoke. The serpent spoke a lie, and Adam and Eve listened to the lie, and in disobedience, they acted in their disobedience to God, and they brought disaster to the whole world. So consider just, for example, consider creation again. Consider our creation. Babies learn to speak by being spoken to, don't they? No baby comes out of the womb saying, now where's my daddy? No, no, one, no baby does that. Babies learn and they say goo goo ga ga and all the rest and mamas get upset because baby's first words is dada. Mama does all the work and then the baby comes out and says dada. I love my little girl's first word. Her first word was, uh, believe it or not, her first word was ice. I have no idea why. She was looking outside. We were in North Carolina. She was looking outside at one of those cold Carolina mornings, and she saw what was on the ground, and she said the word ice. That was her first word. She takes great pride in that, by the way, that it's not mommy, it wasn't daddy, it was ice. But anyway, no baby learns how, or no baby comes out speaking. We all have to learn to speak. And how do you teach a baby to speak? You have to speak to the baby. I remember when I was in seminary, I worked at the YMCA in an after-school program. My uh, wife was putting me through seminary, and so I was working at a YMCA to try to help a little bit. And I remember that uh, I had a kid uh, whose parents were British, and I had no idea that the parents were British. They came in and wanted their son, and they spoke this eloquent British accent, or they would say English accent. And, uh, and I had no idea that that was their child because the child spoke perfect Southern. I had no idea. Where did he get that? And his parents were very upset. I asked them, I said, where did your son learn to speak the way that he spoke? He said he learned it from all of his kids. By the way, I heard on the radio as we were on vacation that uh, there's a, a, a lot of English accents that are coming about today because during the pandemic, a lot of our children were watching Peppa Pig. And if you're a parent, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Kids are learning to speak English because they're listening to Peppa Pig. Uh, I'm always Daddy Pig, but anyway, that's another story for another way. Speaking is a learned behavior. We learn to speak by someone speaking to us. I love what Peter Lightheart says. Peter Lightheart says, human speech is answering speech. Consider that just for a moment. Human speech is answering speech. And then he says this, Yahweh spoke to Adam before Adam spoke to Eve. Each of us is born speechless. We learn to speak only as we are spoken to. 
And so if you're honest this morning, here's the question that you're going to be asking. Who am I listening to? Who am I patterning, patterning my speech after? Maybe you're being kept back because of all the negative voices in your head. Maybe you don't think that you're pretty enough. Maybe you don't think that you're strong enough. Maybe you don't think that you're smart enough. Maybe you think that you don't have what it takes because somewhere along the way someone told you that, and then they told you that you never will. Or maybe you have this voice inside your head that that you can't get rid of, and it's a good voice. I remember my dad telling a story about his mother. His mother saying that, uh, praying that every time he took a drink of alcohol, she would, he would see her face in the glass. He wanted her, he wanted him to remember that word, honey, don't drink. Honey, don't waste your life this way. Maybe the voice inside your head, maybe, maybe you're listening to the wrong voices. Maybe you really shouldn't be doing what you're doing. But the question that I want to ask you this morning is, is whose voice are you listening to? Because you're listening to somebody's. Listen, I, I know that I'm speaking to a group of people this morning who, who want approval. All of us want approval. But what I want to tell you this morning is that only one approval really matters, and it's God's approval. It doesn't matter how many likes you get, follows you get, compliments you get. doesn't matter how many, how high you make it in this world. Only one approval matters, and it's God's. And you want Him to say of you what He says of Jesus. This is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. And through faith in Jesus, what God says of the Son, He says of me and you. Because of Jesus, you can have the approval of God. Because of Jesus, I have the approval of God. At the end of my life, I can rest assured that He will say of me, you have done well. You say, that sounds arrogant. No, it's not arrogant at all. You say, how can you say that? How can you be so sure? Because as Paul taught us in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little ear, what you hear. You see, we're focusing this morning on our words. That's what the Bible calls us to attention to. We're considering the ninth word, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 
And that thing between your teeth, that thing between your teeth is a muscle connected to your heart. Now, it's not, not really, not, uh, not physiologically, but at the same time, when your heart wants to speak, it uses your tongue. God created you to be creative, and in that creativity, we're expressive. And there's, there's one member of your body above all others that has a way of revealing who you are. And I don't know about you, but that's sort of scary. It's no wonder that the author of Ecclesiastes says, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much busyness and a fool's voice with many words. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. And you know where he got that from? He got that from reflecting on the Bible, specifically Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 28, which says this, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. And by the way, speaking of, of, of Proverbs, did you know that the wise use of the tongue or controlling your speech is a theme that's repeated over and over again throughout the book of Proverbs. And so here's what I did. I, I remembered that as I knew that we were coming up on the ninth word. And so in preparation for this message, I sat in my study and I read through the book of Proverbs in one sitting and I marked out every time as much as I could, every time the word, the, the word of the Lord used speech or words or what we say. And Proverbs, I just wanted to refresh my memory on just how much Proverbs are speech therapy. And so if you're having issue this morning with your tongue, or you want to speak better, here's what I encourage you to do. Go read the book of Proverbs in one setting. Let me just share a couple with you that I found. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. Listen to this. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. Haughty eyes, look at this, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil. Look at this, here it is again, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brethren. How about Proverbs 10, 11? The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 13, verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Maybe one more. 
Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. What we say matters. And so how can we, as we think about this message, how can, we, how can we distill all of this down into something that we can write down and take home? Write this down, point number one. Words can be weaponized to destroy your neighbor. Words can be weaponized to destroy your neighbor. You remember the nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I like what uh, another author, he took a shot at that poem and he rewrote it. Listen to what he said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Sticks and stones break only skin, while words are ghosts that haunt me. Pain from word has left its scar on mind and heart that's tender. Cuts and bruises now have healed. It's words that I remember. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. And this is especially true on social media. You knew that we were coming here, right? You know that we can't get past the ninth word without coming to social media. I wish some people that I know would get a hobby instead of their hobby being social media. I wish that they would take up something, canoeing, uh, basket weaving, uh, go chop down a tree, something, instead of venting your aggression on social media. Social media is the place where the ninth word is violated over and over again. And here's what I believe. I believe that everyone should read the Proverbs in one sitting before they're ever given a Twitter handle or a Facebook name or anything else. You should read the book of Proverbs in one sitting before you even sign up for social media. And then after you sign up for social media, before you post, go ahead and read it again. And I can think of two Proverbs right away that if applied would cut into the market share of Twitter. Proverbs 10, 19, we've already looked at it. Listen to what it said. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Now our age is loud. But what a discipline it is for us to learn that sometimes less is more. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Or how about another, Proverbs 18, 17. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Ha! Imagine that if we applied that to social media. Listen to it again. The one who states his case first seems right until the other one comes and examines him. There's no space for anyone to come and examine anybody on social media. It's like the Wild West. 
You just pull the trigger and pop, there it goes. Social media is the judge and the jury of public opinion, but there is wisdom in waiting. You see, over and over again, the Proverbs encourages us to wait before we speak. Social media takes away the filter and reveals fool's speech. So the application of wisdom for social media is summed up in one word. If I were to sum up one word for how you apply the Proverbs to social media, here it is. Are you ready? It's restraint. Restraint. You don't have to say it. And if you do have to say it, wait before you say it. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Here's the second thing that I want us to learn this morning. Number two, words can be used to build up your neighbor. Now, this is a pretty simple message, isn't it? Pretty simple. You can either tear down your neighbor, destroy your neighbor, or you can build up your neighbor. And that's the way that we should use our words. We should use our words to build up. Now, let's be honest. Let's put it all in the proper perspective. Sometimes you have to tear down to build up. I understand that. But our intention, as those who have received mercy and grace ourselves, we are the recipients of mercy and grace, and so our intention should be to build up. I'm a parent. What does that mean? Parenting comes with a certain set of responsibilities. As a parent, what do I have to do? I'm often having to correct behavior. Sometimes things aren't right. And so guess what I have to do as a parent? It's my job. I have to speak words to my children that are hard, that are hard. I don't have to go and talk about it on social media, but I have to go and talk to my children about what's hard. Now, the real balance comes from learning the difference between hard words and harsh words. I don't ever want to be cruel to my children. I don't ever want to set myself against them, but I always want to be for them, even if I'm against their behavior. Let's go back to the Proverbs. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So use your words to build up. Don't be afraid. Don't be a coward. Don't be afraid to say what needs to be said. Speak up. You say, well, how do I know when to speak up and when to shut up? How do I know the difference between the two? Courage to speak up comes from a heart that is pure. And you say, well, how do I know if my heart is pure? Just ask yourself two questions. Do you love God, and are you loving your neighbor as yourself? And if both of those things are true, then speak up. Socrates, the great philosopher of old, he had a a triple filter test. Maybe some of you have heard of this. 
I remember learning this in Levian. He had a triple filter test. Before he would listen to anyone's criticism, before he would listen to someone's juicy gossip, he would put it through three filters, three filters. He would, he would say, first, is it true? Is it true? That's the first filter. Second, is it good or is it kind? Is it true? Is it good? Is it kind? And then third, is it useful or necessary? Is it true? Is it good and kind? Is it useful and necessary? Use words that are true. Good and kind, useful and necessary. And then, speak. Number three, write this down. Words are the way that God demonstrates His power. Now think about that third point. Words are the way that God demonstrates His power. Have you ever considered that? Consider, consider your words. The ninth word, the ninth commandment encourages us to use our words carefully to weigh what we say. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And where does that come from? Look at chapter 20 and verse 1. God spoke all these words saying. So this ninth word comes from a God we know because He has made Himself known. And how did God make Himself known? Well, the author of Hebrews tells us, long ago, in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. And listen to this, He upholds the universe by the Word of His power. He upholds the universe by the Word of His power. The Word of the Father now in flesh appearing, and we gather each week just like we're doing right now. We gather each week to come and to adore Him, to adore the one who came into a world full of false witnesses, to a world that was ruptured by forsaking true words. And He has come as the Word, speaking true words. And listen to what He says this morning. What does He say? In our world filled full of brokenness, in our world in need of repair, what does He say? He says, I love you. He says, follow me. He says, forgiven. He says, it is finished. Those are the words that he come, he's come bringing to us. I love you. Follow me. Forgiven. It is finished.
Is that the way you understand what we're doing, what we're doing here this morning? We, we come to church. We, we gather together as the assembly of God. We're coming together in, in a world full of, of messages, voices, lies, and truth. We come together in His name. We come together just like we're doing right now. In the name of the One who holds, who upholds the universe by the Word of His power to remind ourselves of the difference between the whispers of the serpent and the truth of the Word of God. So we come together and we do these things. We, we sing. We have symbols. We, we partake of the Lord's Supper. We see baptism. We pray. We preach. We tell each other the truth. And in that confession, as we tell the truth to one another, we are formed into the image of the one who is himself. The truth. That's what we do when we come together. In a world full of lies and mischief, we come together to speak the truth, to hear the truth, to speak the truth to one another. All in his name. His name who is the embodiment of truth, truth incarnate. Proverbs 8 speaks of him. Listen to what it says of Jesus. Here, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They're all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire can't compare with her. Words are the way that God demonstrates His power. And we come together to hear His Word so that through His Word we can be conformed to His image. And as we close our time together today, I simply want to ask you a question. Whose voice are you going to listen to? And whose word will you seek? In the morning when you rise, instead of picking up your phone to read the next headline, listen instead to the voice of God. Where you say, does He speak? Through His Word, the truth for you to wisely seek. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. Help us as we walk to choose to listen not to the lies of the enemy that wants to destroy us. Choose instead to listen to the God of heaven and earth who created us who loves us. And it's my prayer, Lord, for everyone here, everyone within the sound of my voice, that they would hear 
you, assuring them, calling them to love you. Help us to be wise. Help us to use our words to edify, to build up. We've received grace and mercy. Help our speech to pour out grace and mercy. Forgive us where we err. Let your face shine upon us. Whisper in our ear. Assure us of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Dr. Andy Brown, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Startville in Startville, Mississippi. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to follow Hearing is Believing on Facebook and rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us at hearingisbelieving.org.